Praise God, brothers and sisters. In the scripture we just read, I'd like to clear, not clarify, I'd like to highlight a few things. And that is that Jews were once the saved, saved people, the saved nation. And I'd like to kind of um, put that into our perspective as Christians being born into Christian families. Sometimes we have that same uh, belief like the Jews to where if we follow the law, if we do things like our parents did, if we do this, this, and that, we'll be saved because we're go to, we go to church and we were born in a Christian family and if we don't do anything bad, then we're going to go to heaven. But, but the Bible teaches us differently to where we're not saved by our works. We're not saved just because we go to service or just because we're born you know, into a Christian family. And in the end, it shows how, uh, it writes about how merciful and how amazing our God is and that he did shed his blood for each and every one of us, no matter who we are, as long as, like it said in the, in the scripture, as long as we choose to accept it. You know, and salvation is for everybody as long as you choose to accept it. And I'd like to um, start off with that and uh, I'd like to go off on a little tangent and talk about how each and every one of us has a blessing prepared and blessing that God wants to give us, you know, and it is in our hands to obtain that blessing if we choose to do so. And, you know, the one thing that sometimes I'm scared of is to miss out on a blessing. So, honestly, in, like when I get asked to go speak or share a word or something I'm always like what if this is God asking me to do this or if it's like to go help out somewhere or do something I'm like what if this is God actually asking me what if it's like a test and what if I miss out on a blessing if I say no or if I say I can't do it when I can you know and just like when we're born in a family and our parents ask us to take out the trash and we're like okay we'll do it later you know like we do in our Christianity oh we'll read the Bible later or we'll do this and then next thing you know, like we come around and take out the trash and it's already done. You know, and one of the things that flies through my head is like, man, if I don't do this, God will find someone else. You know, there's someone else out there that is going to be more willing than me to do it. Then I better get on top of it and I better do it to obtain that blessing. You know, and with that being said, uh, kind of opens up my sermon to um, how we shouldn't... Um, it says to hunger and thirst for righteousness in Matthew 5, but sometimes we don't hunger and thirst, we fall into a starvation. And the topic of my, my sermon is spiritual starvation. And that is when we starve ourselves from reading the scripture because we're, we're focused on doing other things and we're like, oh, we'll do it later, we'll do it later. And we end up starving ourselves. And when people are starved, and when they're really hungry, they do things they maybe shouldn't do or things that aren't healthy or good for them. And so with that being said, I'd like to open up and read Matthew, chap Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, going through 27. When he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being covered with the waves. But Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. 
The men were amazed and said, What kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? Reading this scripture, I'd like to ask each and every one of us a question. Um, why was Jesus sleeping? Has this ever crossed your mind? Like, just think about it. Why was Jesus sleeping? Nowhere else in the Bible does it say that Jesus was sleeping then or Jesus was sleeping then. But in this, in this scripture, in, the, in these verses right here, it says that Jesus was sleeping while there was a storm. And it kind of crossed my mind and I actually had one of my relatives call me and he like, we actually talked about, talked about this and we had a few thoughts going and I would like to, for you guys to kind of ask your neighbor, why do you think Jesus was sleeping on the boat? Just talk to each other. I'll give you guys one minute. Eat, eat, share, your, share your thoughts. Why was Jesus sleeping on that boat? There was a storm. I mean, none of the other disciples were sleeping, right? Why did the disciples have to wake up Jesus? Why didn't the storm wake up Jesus? There was a storm and all the disciples were afraid. They said, we're dying. We're literally perishing. And Jesus was sleeping through this storm. If there was that scary of a storm, like it's kind of hard to believe that someone would just sleep through it. You know, and I started thinking about storms and storms in our lives spiritually. You know, and I was thinking, if someone is talking to you or me or whoever, if someone is having a conversation with us, there's no way where, well, maybe some people can fall asleep while having a conversation, but um, in logic, in theory, like if someone, if you're having a conversation with someone and you're sharing your thoughts, you're maybe saying teaching someone or talking to someone, like you're not going to fall asleep talking to them. And it got me thinking like there was nobody for Jesus to preach to and the, the disciples weren't asking him questions, you know, and maybe that's why Jesus was sleeping. Maybe sometimes we have those storms in our lives to where we're not having fellowship with Jesus. We're not having fellowship with Christ. And we go on this, on this boat or on this journey or vacation or wherever and we take a vacation, say, from the Word. We're not having that fellowship with Christ. And maybe that's why Christ falls asleep, you know, quote unquote, falls asleep in our lives. Maybe we feel like He's sleeping, but He's just waiting waiting on me and you to go and wake him up. Be like, Jesus, I need you. You know, because everything is good when there's no storm. And then when the storm hits is when we're like, oh, wait, where's Jesus? And then it, there, you know, he's, you know, he's right there with us, but he was just waiting for us to wake him up, for us to tell him that we actually need him. You know, because if you think about it, I mean, they were on the boat. There's nowhere else in the Bible where it says that Jesus was sleeping elsewhere. It says that when the disciples were sleeping, Jesus was having fellowship with God. But then this one instance, when there's a storm, Jesus is sleeping. But brothers and sisters, he wasn't sleeping like, you know, passed out, knocked out. I believe he was sleeping in a spiritual sense. He was waiting he was, this, this was a moment to teach the disciples that they need, while Jesus is with us, while he's easy to obtain, while we have the word, while it's easy to find, we should have this fellowship with Christ. Because then, if we don't, that is when the storms hit. That is when we get faced with hardships or other things in our lives that force us to 
call out to Jesus, force us to change our lifestyle and to go and look and search for Jesus. When we could have avoided those hardships, we could have avoided those storms by just having, having a relationship with Jesus to begin with. You know, it's just something to think about. Do we have those storms in our lives? And, you know, Brother Isaac was preaching and he was, he was saying that we should be hated by others because we're Christians. You know, and I got me, it got me thinking, I'm sitting there and I was like, man, how much hate do I get for being Christian? Or maybe just, I don't have that good of a relationship with Christ for the devil to attack me. You know, I'm just sitting there and kind of thoughts are going through my head. I'm like, man, like I should be going out there and fighting the fight, running the race. Because when we're not, then, I mean, the devil doesn't want to, you know, attack. He's not going to attack someone that's already his. He wants to attack those that are having regular relationship with Christ. He wants to, you know, those that are his, he's not going to fight for them because they're already his. You know, and it got me thinking like, man, do I get hate in my life? Where, where in my life do people, you know, bash on me for being Christian or bash on me for not going to, you know, the bar with them or, you know, having drinks with them when they offer and, you know, all this other stuff. Like, where do we receive that hate in our life? Or do we just blend in with the world and just, you know, be part of the world like um, the brother in the very beginning, Fisuk, was saying. And we just, you know, we can't be part of the world and with God at the same time. It just doesn't work. You're either hot or you're cold. You know, and back to, being, back to that starvation. When we, when we read that word, we're feeding on that word. We're feeding our soul. We're, we're eating that word. We're, we're having fellowship with Christ. That's when we hunger and thirst for him. That's the difference between being hungry and thirsty. And uh, between uh, being starved. Being starved is when we don't have it at all. When we, have, we go a long period without it. And we just, we just, you know, we need something. And oftentimes that something is not what it should be. It's not the word. It's not Christ. But it's something on the side. It's our friends or, you know, it's wherever else we kill our time. Maybe TV shows because we're, we're tired and we just, you know, kick back. Or, you know, where do you kill your time, you know? It's just something that each and every one of us should ask ourselves. Like, do I starve or do I hunger and thirst for Christ? Are we spiritually feeding ourselves, our soul, our inner soul? Or do we have those storms coming into our lives because we're starving? You know, it brings me to my next thought about salvation. And, you know, it got me thinking when I was thinking about, you know, starvation, this and that. And I was like, you know, some people die from starvation. I was like, man, it, it, I, got, I had a thought going. I was like, I know this has been a debate for like the longest time, like there, you know, in Christianity. Is it, is it possible to lose your salvation? Can you lose your salvation? Or is it once saved, always saved? You know, just something to think about it. Like, I don't know. You guys think you can lose your salvation? Or do you think that, oh, like, you got water baptism, you, you were born again there, you're saved for, for good. No matter what happens, no matter what you do. Brothers and sisters, in God's promises, there's always an if. There's always, you know, whoever believes in him, will have everlasting life. There's always that if. There's always that, you know, do this, this. Like, I will bless you if you do this and this. You know, there's always that if. 
You know, and it got me thinking, like, you know, that word lose is a, you know, a word that, like, you can't use with Christianity because you don't lose salvation. You don't lose your salvation. You reject it. In other words, like, if it was something you lose, it would be something that, like, you can put aside or something you can, like, forget about it. But no, this is our lifestyle. You don't just lose salvation. You choose to reject it. You know, and going back, I'd like to read from John chapter 1, back to going to the uh, chapter that we just read. I'd like to read a couple verses. He came to his own, and his own rejected him. But as many as received to them, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Brothers and sisters, like, we're born in Christian families. Like, we, we, we're born and we're, we grow up with the, like, with the knowledge and, like, you know, thinking that, like, oh, we're saved for good. Like, we, we're not sinning. We're going to church, this and that. We're saved. But, brothers and sisters, it takes more than that to be saved. And each and every one of us can have, can have salvation as, we, as long as we don't reject it. And it's, and it's really easy to reject, a lot easier than we might think. You know, because salvation isn't just like, oh, you know, just believe and, you know, live your life. Go do whatever you want, you know. Um, just go live a sinful life and don't even love Christ. You'll, you, as long as you believe in him, you'll be saved. No. You know, and it, go, it comes back to the, the thing that Isaac said is like, nowadays there's this thing that, oh, God accepts everybody. Even, you know, even if you're sinful, even if you're, you know, gay or lesbian or this and that. No, brothers and sisters. God accepts everyone, but that's if you repent. You know, I remember once Ilya Vasilevsky was preaching. He's like, he was talking to, I think it was, this was him. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But he was talking, he's like talking to this transgender person. He's like, so you're saying God doesn't love us gay people or transgenders. And Ilya's like, no, he loves you, but that's if you repent. And he's like, oh, so you're saying I'm not going to go to heaven? And he's like, yeah, if you don't repent and if you don't change, then yeah, you're not going to heaven. You know, brothers and sisters, so, and, and the path is narrow. It's not, it's not God loves everybody, come, you know, I'm going to take everybody. No, it says that many are called and few, few are chosen. You know, and oftentimes, you know, we, we don't lose it, we reject it. Just like oftentimes we, you know, kind of reject our blessings sometimes too when we're asked to do something or, you know, we're, we have an opportunity to glorify God and we don't use it. You know, God could have blessed us through that and, you know, I'm trying to bring the scale down from like not salvation to like blessings because it's more practical for us because, I mean, we all sin and everybody sins so um, God does forgive and whatnot but I'm, you know, we can miss out on, on blessings, you know, and oftentimes we often do miss out on blessings. The blessings that we can have every day, you know, in our lives, you know, just having a little bit of fellowship with Christ and, you know, he just blesses your whole day for you, you know, some people getting healed and whatnot. So, honestly, brothers and sisters, I mean, the blessings are there, the mercy is there, the salvation is there. It just, it's a matter of us choosing to accept it, choosing to grab it, you know, and I'd like to, you know, bring up another example, you know, if, you know, sometimes I come home and... You know, sometimes along the way I snack on food and I snack on, you know, and when I come home I'm not hungry anymore, you know. So I'm kind of like, my wife is like, hey, I made food. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not even hungry. Um, 
I guess I can eat a little bit. And she notices that I, I didn't eat a lot. And she's like, you probably ate something. And I was like, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. You know, so it's one of those things like sometimes spiritually speaking, we feed our soul, we feed our inner self with little snacks. Like we're on our phone, we're maybe watching a TV show, we're doing something else, you know. And we're kind of like not leaving that room inside of us for our fellowship with Christ. And that's when we become a little bit starved. We're not hungry and thirsty anymore, we're just a little bit starved. And now we don't even want that fellowship. We can't even, you know, I mean, have you guys ever watched a movie and like, I don't know, me, if I ever watch a movie, it's not like I can get on my knees and start glorifying God right afterwards. Unless it's like, I don't know, you know, something that glorifies God, but I don't even know if that exists. So, but brothers, sisters, realistically speaking, like, what do we feed ourselves? Like, because if we feed ourselves garbage and dirt, then obviously we're not going to be able to fill ourselves up with, with Christ or his word after we do that. So spiritually speaking, like, do we hunger and thirst for Christ? Or do we, you know, starve ourselves from him? You know, and it's obviously not uh, a starvation that's a good thing. It's a self-inflicted one. It's not something that just happens just because, you know, there's not enough Bibles. Or not enough, you know, time or something. Because it's all in our hands to obtain all these things. And we have all the time in the world, especially when it comes to you know, our God and Christianity and actually investing into our future life with him rather than investing into our our physical and materialistic lives here. You know, and that's when we, we, focusing on our lives, looking at our lives, we oftentimes have to pay the price for our decisions, for, for the things that we eat, you know, for the things that we feed ourselves. And I'd like to look at the story of... Esau and Jacob. We read about it a little bit in the beginning, but I'd like to, uh, um, it was when we were reading Romans, actually it mentioned Esau and Jacob, but I'd like to read about their story in Genesis 25 from verse 29. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came from the field and he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, please let me have some swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am about to die, so what use of is it to me, my birthright to me? And Jacob said, First swear to me. So he swore to him and he sold his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentils too, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Then Esau despised his birthright. Brothers and sisters, we're, man, this whole, this whole service has been aimed at us and like, like we are children of God, like literally from from the beginning of the service we've been singing, we've been hearing that we are children of God and we are brothers and sisters, me and you, we are going to heaven. I mean, we accept it because we're all here. That's why, I mean, we all want to go to heaven and we all accept Christ in our lives. So what I'm trying to like get through is let's start feeding ourselves more of the word, more of God, so that we don't have space in our hearts, so that we don't become starving, you know, for the, for the evil, for the sins, you know, for that, uh, whatever, uh, stew, you know, because sometimes we're, we're starved from, from the word. We don't have that guidance that we need from the word, from God, because we don't have fellowship with him. And if we don't have fellowship with him, how can we receive guidance from him? 
Because that, that is our fellowship. Prayer, the word, that is our fellowship. How can we expect to receive guidance in our life if we don't have what we need, the fundamentals for that guidance? And when we're stuck in a storm, when we're thrown in a storm, or, you know, we're in a bad situation, if we're not filled up with that food, we're going to start eating that junk food that's around us. Whether it's our friends calling us to go somewhere we shouldn't be going. Whether it's, um, I don't know, you know, wasting your time, you know, playing video games or watching TV shows. Yeah, brothers and sisters, those are also things that are not healthy for our inner self. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be feeding our, our spirit, you know, these dirty things like TV shows, movies, video games. This is all, first of all, a waste of time. Second of all, it brings you no good. And if it brings you no good then it brings you bad because it's either bad or good. So I'd like to read from my last, my last scripture. It's going to be from Pro Prophet Amos. Uh, from chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send famine on the land, not a famine for bread or thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and from the north even to the east, and they will go to and fro seeking the word of God, but they will not find it. Brothers and sisters, we are not living in this time yet. We have more Bibles than we can imagine. We have more, more possibilities to serve God than anyone can imagine right now. And we just waste it. We're self-inflicting that famine that doesn't exist. And we're self-inflicting it into our lives. And actually, I said that was my last passage. But I'd like to finish off, conclude with this last passage. It's going to be from Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9. And I'll read the next, up to like 22 and 23. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of the darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him things hold together. He has also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven... And although you were for formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Brothers and sisters, I'd like to read this 
22nd verse again. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly blood through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. And only because of his blood that washed us, brothers and sisters. He is merciful. Can I get an amen? Praise God, brothers and sisters. But I'd like to also, sometimes we read that and we stop. We don't read the next verse. But it says, there's, all, there's that if word I was talking about. If indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven of which I, Paul, was made a minister. That word if, brothers and sisters, that's if we indeed continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast and not moved away. Brothers and sisters, I, I know we're, we all have our lives. We all, you know, we have busy lives, maybe, you know, jobs, school, this and that. And it's oftentimes, I'm honestly speaking first to myself, it's oftentimes, honestly, difficult to find time, you know, to just sit down, especially, you know, um, if the baby's crying or if, you know, you have to go to work because you woke up late, this and that. It's hard to find time to have that fellowship with Christ, to, you know, read that word. But we can't do without it. We, when we forget this, we forget our purpose in life. When we start, you know, starving ourselves from the word, we start eating that junk food, you know, and we get further and further from Christ, and that's when the storms start hitting because Christ loves us, and he wants us to call out to him. He wants us to come closer. So when we do fall into storms or, you know, some kind of, you know, trouble in our lives, just turn to Christ. Just turn to Christ, you know, and don't give up just like uh, David was uh, sharing his testimony. You know, it's not going to happen right away. When we're asking for blessings or we're, you know, um, glorifying God through, through our deeds, through our, you know, whatever it may be, our service in church or out there on the streets, you know, the blessings aren't going to come right away. And if we do get them right here on earth, you know, we get them here on earth. And if we don't, we're obtaining ourselves more and more blessings up in heaven. So I'd like to finish off with that and encourage all of us, you know, to stay in the word. Because honestly, it helps us keep a clear conscience. It helps us, guides us when we need it and also when we think we don't need it. But honestly, it keeps, helps us stay on the right track and it keeps us sober and on guard. So I'd like to finish off with that. Encourage all of us, you know, stay in the word, you know, have fellowship with each other. You know, and there's never being too much involved in church. There's never, you know, reading too much of the word, never too much fellowship with, you know, fellow Christians. So I'd like to encourage all of us. So, you know, put on that armor of God and, you know, go fight the fight, run the race. So God bless all of us. Let's stand up for prayer.